Welcome back to Exquisitely Aligned, where we empower you to live the life that calls to you in the wee hours of the night. I'm Gina Meyer Vincent, your host, and I'm so excited to introduce you today to the lovely Vicki Neffling. She is a speaker, and that's why she's here, well, multiple reasons, but a speaker, trainer, and coach focusing on public speaking and leadership. She also has an anti-aging wellness business, which complements her public speaking business well, helping entrepreneurs, especially women, find their voice is a passion, something I'm passionate about too. She is a best-selling author and host of the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Vicki. I'm so happy to have you with me today. You are my sunshine, you. as I already have told you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on. We had such a great conversation the last time we talked that I just was looking so forward to this. And I appreciate the opportunity for me to share some of the things that I do to help people gain their confidence. Yes. And I love this topic for so many reasons. I just want to say, um, if you haven't listened, there's a podcast with Michelle Schmidt, where we discuss yoga and the third chakra, which is our voice and how after COVID many women and men, but many women are suffering with an imbalance there in, in the, in that energy center. And so today it's really exciting to come at it from a different angle about being able to find our voice, whether it's on stage, behind the camera, uh, with a mic attached to you, with a mic sitting in front of you, whatever that is. Because for me, when we are um, authentic, mm-hmm. we can speak from our heart. We know when to speak and when to be silent because maybe it's not for the person who's in your presence. It's not worth using your energy. And I know that sounds mean, but from a yoga background, it's not mean. It's just knowing when to speak and when not to. So Vicki, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started on this journey? Because, well, I'll give you a a tidbit. I don't know if I told you this when we met, but in college, I had to, it was mandatory to take so many English classes. The beginning had to be in like literature and business writing. And then once you satisfied that, you could go into public speaking. So that's what I did. Because I was like, it's so much more fun for me to research something and then tell you what I learned than sitting back then, because I am old enough to have to sit at a typewriter. And I was not very good at typing, so it was a lot of white out. So much we have in common, so much. <laughs> and so for me, I was like, oh, public speaking, oh, this is fabulous. But tell me, you know, how was that journey for you? Because I think we all come from different ways um, and different experiences. And I always find it fun to know how, to, how did this come about for you? Wow. You know, I, I think that I could go way back. And I'm from a large family, so there are seven of us, and I'm the second to the oldest. And so in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm an old soul because I had to take care of the kiddos after me kind of thing. And I have a youngest brother who's 20 years younger than me, and I'm his godmother. 
But when you have that many people, and we were so fortunate, we always had a team. We, yeah. you know, there was always somebody to hang with. And then I had a huge fa- extended family. So I would go mm-hmm. every Saturday to my grandmother's, my mom's mom, and they had a farm. And we oh, wow. had like 25 or 30 of us yeah. there for Sunday dinner. We all, oh. I mean, <laughs> you imagine cleaning up and cooking prep. Oh, well, and- <laughs> you know, you had to, as a girl too, yeah. you had to help with the prep. You had to help with the cleanup. We had the dining room was for the adults and the mm-hmm. kitchen was for the kids. And, and you had to always kind of vie for being able to say something. And people were always talking over each other and all that kind of thing. <laughs> And and so some of that kind of carried over into adulthood that you either were silent because you didn't think you had anything to contribute mm. or you were kind of told that you needed to just be silent or you were kind of rude by talking over people. <laughs> and so it had, as time went on, and as I was not, I didn't go to college because we couldn't afford that. So I went to business school and I did some modeling to pay for that. And then I went into an accounting firm to be a secretary. So mm-hmm. I was the lowest per- person on the totem pole. And therefore that self-doubt that I had anything to contribute ever, even when I went out with uh, the group, I was always kind of the quiet one, the shy one. And and there was a lack of confidence mm-hmm. and that continued even as compute. And I was that whiteout queen, my dear, <laughs> in accounting, you have to do 30 oh. and 40 page uh, documents that have to be perfect. And if you make a mistake, you and whiteout wasn't allowed in some cases. So you had to start over. over. So in, um, in the, early 80s, the the computer was introduced in Mm -hmm. that accounting firm. And I raised my hand. (laughs) And that was the first evolution, I think, of who I am today. Mm. Because I thought, what the heck? It can't be any worse than (laughs) what I'm doing now. And I was a whiz at shorthand, but I could see that shorthand was not going to stick around once mm-hmm. this computer took off. Right, right. And so I just raised my hand continually. And and so through my early 30s uh, and getting married and having starting to have kids at uh, my late 30s, mid 30s, I guess, I, I realized that now I needed to set example for my two daughters yes. and I needed to take chances and I needed to contribute to our livelihood because I married a teacher and mm-hmm. well, we know where that money is. <laughs> well, they're underpaid. Yeah. And undervalued what <laughs> very and, much in our and, country. Yeah. Exactly. And it really, it was highlighted that, you know, I just needed to do and take chances. And so mm-hmm. I got into uh, a large company at my, um, I guess I was 34 Mm-hmm. and uh, had just had my second child and the i worked for the the head group I, the ceo and the cio and they took a liking to me and saw something 
that I didn't see. And I think they saw that go getter Mm -hmm. that, and it wasn't because I was trying to achieve the CEO or trying to run the department. I just knew that I had to work harder than everybody else because everybody else was smarter than me or better than me. I think that also being the second child of seven makes you work hard. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, my husband's an only child and he works hard. But I think when you are the oldest, you know, in that oldest tier with siblings underneath you, you just take on. I think it's natural for that child to take on responsibilities. Oh, absolutely. Far beyond what the what my husband would have been taken on as an only child. And again, I'm not knocking anybody. It's just the experiences mm-hmm. that we have. So I'm guessing that they saw that you, you like you. You get stuff. I almost said you get shit done, but you get stuff done. You know what I mean? Like my mom is always like, "Do you have to curse on your show?" I really, but like you get, you get anything, whatever needs to be done. I'm sure you're that. I just have a sense that that's who you are, and they knew that whatever they put in front of you, you would figure out a way. Yeah, how to how to. And and it's interesting. The uh, you know, growing up, we had what I think is the beginning stages of me becoming a really good project manager. We had a list on the fridge of the jobs that we had to do and when they had to be done. And we had to, you know, scratch off whenever we did it. And so for me, having lists was always just second nature. And then project management being organized like that really just made sense. It made me feel comfortable, but that's also where, this whole uh, public speaking piece became really apparent. To Mm -hmm. be a great project lead, you Mm -hmm. need to be able to communicate on multiple levels. And so that was something that I knew that I had to continue to work on. I couldn't just be peer to peer or, and I didn't feel, again, there was that confidence that was still not built there yet, that I didn't feel that I could boss people around too much, but I, was all of a sudden put in that position of Mm. being a manager or supervisor of nine people. Mm. So I went to Toastmasters Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. got a tremendous education support and Mm -hmm. the ability for me to grow. I always, I mean, I, I did self-development tapes from the time I was 20 cassette tapes, people. (laughs) Right. I know what they are. (laughs) I'd listen to my dad at first. I was like, why do you need this? Then he's like, you know, I went to college and they were talking about the books that my dad was listening to. And I was like, okay, I need to borrow those when I come home. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember cassette tapes. Yes. So I I was always into personal development because, again, I didn't go to college and I was trying to compete with people with bachelors and masters. Mm -hmm. And so um, in that, though, I learned style of speaking Mm -hmm. and I understood the ability to be silent and observe people. Mm-hmm. And I think all of those things help you to be a better speaker. A mm-hmm. lot of times you'll have speakers that will come and they love the sound of their voice and they talk, 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 but you don't get as much out of that because it's not a conversation. Mm-hmm. It is them talking to hear their sound of their voice. And even if you do reply or say something, they're just 
sitting thinking what they're going to say next and really not caring if it connects with what you just said. Mm -hmm. Or the best is some of the managers I've had in the past where I would say something and then about five minutes later, they would say the same thing as if it was the first (laughs) time it was ever mentioned in the room. And and they're uh, like, is there a delay in here? Am I like, am I in a different time zone? Yes, that is always, that is always funny. For me, it's always my husband. He's like, yeah. And so I had this idea and you're like, (laughs) <laughs> okay. Sam. I think it was my idea. Now it's in your voice, but okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, whatever. Well, you know, you learn that too as a great manager to make it their idea. Right. And, and that, that's always good. But, or to stay in a marriage, right? Yes. Uh, that is true. That is true. 44 years later, yes, I can say that is true. <laughs> but But the thing that I saw over the years is that as I grew more confident and, mm-hmm. and comfortable speaking, I could share it with others. And mm-hmm. I, I got so much more out of seeing other people grow yes. in that confidence than I ever felt myself. And and it was like, I guess that mom instinct that I have mm-hmm. that I just love to help people find their voice. Yeah. And I work with the kids as well as adults because there there's ideas and and great things going on in between those two ears and some people just never let them out right and that's yeah. such a shame it's such a shame i i agree with you um and that's why i'm excited to have this conversation with you because i think that oftentimes what i see is we're asked to be something other than who we are yeah and when that happens we tend to not feel comfortable speaking because it's not who we are. And um, if you can tap into your authenticity, which is how I believe you came to that confidence that you're yeah. speaking of, is like, oh, hey, I do have these wonderful gifts. Then we can put the voice behind it. And, um, and you know, I think with your podcast, I would say you might agree with me. Um, wink, wink, no. But when we... Um, have our voice in a show or a video that we put out or whatever it might be, a book, so forth. Um, there are always going to be people who come at us and don't like what we said at the time or how we said it, right? I'm a mother of two. I could say the same thing and my husband repeats me and the kids are like, oh yeah, no, mom, you say it so that's not what you said. You know, you say it the wrong way and they get offended. But my husband says the same exact thing. And I'm like sitting there going, we should have, I said, we should have a ring doorbell with the cameras in the house so that I can get this on video because am I the only person out of the four of us seeing this, you know? But I think it's so important to understand that, you know, I think with your the confidence that you were building or a, a polishing, mm-hmm. let's say, because I mm-hmm. think it was always within you, but it was refining it and letting it shine, letting people see it the way you are mm-hmm. feeling it, that then it's okay to be, I'm going to use the word vulnerable oh, to, yeah. you know, so if you want to give that a voice, because that's something I like to talk about in exquisitely aligned, because as we become more and more who we were born to be, um, you know, we are being a little bit vulnerable because we're stepping outside of that, like, oh, no, everybody should look like this, sound like this, walk like this, wear this color, 
lip gloss. You know what I'm saying? A woman my mm-hmm. age should be, you know, and I said, yeah. well, no, that doesn't work for me, but you know, exactly. so if you can um, speak to vulnerability and how maybe it plays for you and your clients, both, if you don't mind. Absolutely. You know, as you were talking about that, it just made me think about one of the best ways I have been able to make a, a difference is is allowing that vulnerability. I have yeah. always I I am not trying to please everyone. I used to try to please everyone, but I'm not trying to please everyone. And I don't expect that everything that I say will resonate with every person that hears me speak, but that's okay. All I, all I really care about is if, is there one person that what I say Mm -hmm. has helped them and Mm -hmm. one person that here's my story. I, I had lost two children in um, miscarriage Mm -hmm. and I talked Mm -hmm. about it because that was part of my healing. That was part of my grieving. But there Mm -hmm. were so many people that were surprised that I would even mention that I had miscarriages. And, and it's like, but why, Uh, you know, I, I need to, if there's something that I could tell someone about the experience that I had, that I went through, especially with the second one, Mm-hmm. That would help them as they're going right. through this. Exactly. That I mean, that's what I need. And my my cousin, she would make fun of me because I would just strike up conversations with people, and I would find out all these things about them in a short matter of time. And it was just because I was interested. <laughs> I cared. And if you share about you, people will be more open to share about themselves. Mm-hmm. So when you tell your stories, when you when you're trying to talk about what you do or or what you service you have or or what you mm-hmm. product you have, you really need to to be vulnerable. You need to be authentic, and yeah, and that's where you can reach people and and be okay to be uncomfortable in telling that story because that gives someone else permission to be uncomfortable telling theirs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We create this safe space and I'm laughing because you see, you are my sunshine, but Mm -hmm. um, in so many ways, it's like you're my long lost soul sister, but but, um, with the blonde, with the light eyes (laughs) and the sunshine outside her window. But um, my family always laughs because I used to teach yoga. Well, we, we, love to travel and in our travels in other countries, even in this country, but I was teaching yoga uh, for different resorts in foreign countries. And I'd have students and, you know, class would be an hour. And then my family would be like, where were you? We were looking for you. Oh, well, after class, I had you know X amount of people stay and we had conversations and, yeah. you know, and, and sometimes my family would walk up and they'd be like, too much information. Why is this woman or this man telling mom that? It, like, you know, and then the people would be like, wow, I never told anybody that. But it's yeah. true when we, when we um, appear yeah. authentically or who we are, what I call exquisitely aligned, when we align with our exquisiteness, because I believe we're all born that way, mm-hmm. looking across at the camera at you, I see your exquisiteness and I love the way you appear and give a voice to that. And I think that the more of us who can do that, and I think it's, 
I want to say, you know, it's a little bit of the feminine energy. A man can do it as well. It is nurturing feminine energy mm-hmm. um, that we create this safe space. And kudos to you about the miscarriages. I, I have a dear friend from many years ago who had one, and I was the only person she spoke to about it. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, in even some of the stuff she shared, I said, well, what did your husband say? Well, I haven't talked to him about this. Like, I can't. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is like, you know, uh, I'm happy you're confident in in and comfortable and find peace in sharing with me. Um, but like there are these some of these things or these choices or whatever, it, you know, should be involve him. Right. Um, so it was very eye opening to me. You know, mm-hmm. I was an adult at the time already. And I, you know, and I was like, wait a minute, if this is happening with somebody I know really well, this yeah. must be happening all over the place, you know, mm-hmm. uh, rampantly. And I think mm-hmm. that when my husband was ill and fighting for his life, he didn't want anybody to know. And mm-hmm. I told everybody because, you know, I'd be like, yeah. You would say, oh, Gina, how can I help you? And I'm like, okay, well, if you're prayerful or energetic, if you could send us good vibes or say a prayer, yeah. that would be great. Not just for him, but for my the kids, two kids and I, because I'm a little tired, you know, yeah. I'm a little overwhelmed. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little, you know, all the different emotions. And I think exactly. that when you can give that voice to what it feels like to have this beautiful baby growing inside and then all of a sudden this passing and, and, you know, I can't even put the words to it because it's out of my realm, but I'm so happy that you were able to do that. So I have a question for you. As Mm -hmm. you did that, um, did other women nod their head with a tear in their eye and say, I lost. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people that, you know, never told anyone to. And, exactly. and I, I remember, and again, going way back, uh, my mom's dad, mm-hmm. I love, love, love my, my grandfather. And um, he had fallen down the stairs at 72. Mm. Oh, God. And it was a very steep set of stairs to the basement and concrete at the bottom. And so he broke ribs. Ooh. He went into the hospital at 72 with broken ribs. You know, it's like, well, there's not much that we can do. We're just going to send you home. They sent him home. And um, I saw him one day and then the next day he was gone. Oh, so he man. had not had, they had not done any x-rays or anything because it's just broken ribs and they sent him home and he had a, a broken rib that pierced and had a 12 inch blood clot that killed him. Oh my God. So, I was 12 Ooh. and yeah, I couldn't believe that he was gone. Uh-huh. And so it came time for the funeral and the um, viewing and such. And I wanted to go to say goodbye. Yeah. And my parents and my grandparents and my aunts and all said, no, you shouldn't go. Right. Because they knew that I was upset, but they also didn't understand that uh-huh. I needed to go. Right. And so, too, right. Like, right. So I had a very wise, you know, they always say, what is there a teacher that had impact? My seventh grade teacher said to me, um, tell your story. 
and there just happened to be a contest coming in. She said, tell your story. And, and it was for, I don't know, the daughters of American revolution or think, you know, not, not a story you think you would tell for this group of things. <laughs> But I wrote my story and I won. But of it course. Was, but it was in writing that story yeah. about this man that was so impactful to my life. It was healing for me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so I think part of what I do with the youth and finding mm -hmm. their voice is because in that first year when I started to offer training for them, these mm -hmm. kids that are in seventh and eighth grade were telling me stories of things that happened in their lives that even in my wildest dreams, I couldn't imagine mm -hmm. dealing with at mm -hmm. that age. Such a being young age. Yeah. Parents deported, being um, brothers in jail, brothers dying, sisters, whatever. And they felt safe enough. Yes. Trusting enough in me to tell me that story, but sharing it with the class mm -hmm. for the first time ever. And the teachers all of a sudden had a different view of that person. Yes, exactly. So here I, you know, the teachers might've think this kid has a chip on their shoulder or they're right. bad, but you know, or they're not worth the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. And now all of a sudden you see, okay, this is what this person's going through at this age. And they can't talk to their family because they don't know how. Right. And right. so by giving them their voice, mm -hmm. there's that that's stairway to having becoming different and better and mm -hmm. dealing with what they have. And, and being understood, like you said, and being seen for what they're going through. And mm -hmm. uh, what was there was one other point that I was going to say. Um, connecting that yeah. that's, uh, I think you and I are both connectors the way you talk yeah. about people yeah. telling, you know, right. And so I think that so many times people leave a room, right. They're brought yeah. together, whether it be the seventh, eighth grade classroom, and they don't realize how many things they have in common because they're learning what, it, whatever they call it today, you know, mm -hmm. I don't think they call it social studies, but whatever, you know, math and it, it, reading Those and core writing. classes, right? Right, your core things and you have to be quiet. You have to sit still. Mm -hmm. You know, my daughter loves to dance. So for her to sit still, it's very difficult. <laughs> I, as you can see, I'm a part Italian, so I have to talk with my hands, <laughs> right? When I had my immobilizer on for my new shoulder, it was very difficult. I said, I'll I bet you. Because <laughs> I can't talk with what, just Maybe one just hand. I need both, right? Yeah. So, um, but, you know, finding those connections that sometimes lead to long friendships. I mean, yeah, like absolutely friendships where you are in a safe space where, you know, like maybe a woman who said I had a miscarriage or I had more than one as well. And I mm -hmm. never was able to talk about it. Thank yeah. you for sharing, you know, those, I think that, um, for me, I almost wish there was a class in school, like the way you're working, right, with these students yeah. to allow them to find their voice. And I think there are some now. I know that uh, the deck of cards that we'll do in a little bit before we wrap up, I have a teacher in New York using them in third and fourth mm -hmm. graders 
to help them communicate emotions. Yeah. And I was like honored when she told me what she's doing with the, she's like, these are fun. I'm actually bringing them to the school. And I was like, oh, okay. And using them with students, I was like even better. But yeah. being able to, to do that, and I mean, what a great gift you, in you for you becoming who you are, owning it, being vulnerable, giving it a voice, and then sharing it. Because so kudos and thank you, Vicky, oh, because um, it's people like you who make the world just a even sweeter and more magical place, in my opinion. And and um, you know, I'm sure it wasn't the easiest thing for you to find that voice quickly. Um, no, <laughs> but um, I'm glad you did the work. I'm glad you moved through it because it's um, amazing. I know I had a few more questions I wanted to add. Well, do you have anything you want to add? To I just wanted to add one other thing. One of the services that I offer in my coaching is something that I also do with the students, and and it is to evaluate their talk. And, mm. and it's something that when we go back to being vulnerable and, and authentic for these kids, a lot of times there, there's no one that gives them even the four minutes right. to listen to them uninterrupting. And so intent, intently that I can tell them how I felt from what they said and, and, mm. You know, not only things that they didn't do well, but also what they did well and why. But yes. that's why is the important thing. You know, why what they did didn't work so well or didn't resonate and how you could do it differently to make a difference in that mm -hmm. response. And and how the tone that you use will mm -hmm. make that message be heard or understood the way you had hoped it would be understood or could be misunderstood. Mm -hmm. And and so that appreciation that somebody would listen to them for three yes. minutes and give that evaluation of what they did is so impactful mm -hmm. and it gives them hope <laughs> that, that, that other people will want to hear their voice. Yes. And um, uh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, and so that's why, you know, I added that to the service that I do for mm -hmm. adults too, because mm -hmm. I think sometimes they don't think that their stories are worth hearing. Right. And I think it's because of the four letter word I tell my children I don't want to hear, which is busy. Yeah. yeah. What do you need, mom? I'm busy. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, it's like, uh, do you have someone on the operating table? No. Okay. <laughs> is the house on fire? No. Then you're really not that busy. You can stop what you're doing for yeah. two minutes and we can have a conversation or tell me when, you know, how many minutes do you need before we can talk, you know? And I think if we can give each other in our homes, in the classroom, with our coaching clients, just in, in the office, wherever, that ability to say, I'm in the midst of whatever you're working on, I probably need 10 minutes. May yeah. I have 10 minutes? And then you have my full undivided right. attention without me scrolling. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. <laughs> One of the things that I have to work really hard with the kids is yes. to put their devices down and look and really yes. get comfortable. They are uncomfortable and Correct. adults as well, but yes. looking at people. Yes. And, and that is the, um, when I love the fact that you added adults as well, because yes. I see it, you yes. know, and, and it really what you teach the kids is if you can't look at me, even mm -hmm. if it isn't this way, 
it makes mm-hmm. you seem that they're you're not sincere. Correct. That you're holding back. Mm-hmm. And I need for you to show me that you are all in, that yes. you believe what you're saying, that you're being sincere, that you're not just giving me a, a bunch of crap. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, I had to have the same conversation with my kids. Uh, mm-hmm. When Mark was ill, it was about a good two solid years of, you know, nine months, eight, mm-hmm. nine months, eight and a half, whatever mm-hmm. it was of dialysis then a transplant, me living in Florida with him at Mayo Clinic for a month till he wow. was approved to leave, me coming home, still trying to help him. And, you know, uh, I was like a zombie, like a robot just going through. Who mm-hmm. needs to be dropped off here, picked up there? Daddy's at dialysis. Sonia's at preschool. Kai's at kindergarten. Okay. Da, da, da. You know, and it was this, it just utter craziness. So I feel like I lost a good year and a half, two mm-hmm. years of, of, I want to say grooming or raising my children. And although they were, you know, in preschool, kindergarten, they were still learning, but it was like, Hey, we really need to catch up on this eye contact thing. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, plus my son is super tall. He's six foot four. We hope he's finished growing because otherwise he's not going to fit in our cars, but um, (laughs) you know, he fits in the house, but one of the cars, it's like a little, uh, we, we opened the sunroof for him. Yes, exactly. And then our daughter is petite. So at the time she could get away with a lot of things because people assumed she was younger than she was. But my yeah. son growing so quickly, people thought he was three, four years older than he yeah. was. And they're like, why isn't he giving me eye contact? But it's, mm-hmm. it is, you know, I try to tell the kids, not now they they get it now but people make assumptions right we have 7 seconds to make a, an impression mm-hmm. and sometimes we don't even open our mouth it's just the way we walk in you know or appear as somebody maybe the teacher walks into the classroom or we walk into a boardroom for a or an elevator Yes. And perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. I mean, it's everywhere. It's the grocery store. It's the gym and people make an assumption. You know, um, I always hope that by my red lipstick, they know that I'm fun. I'm always ready to do fun, you know, but uh, I know it's also a turner for some people and that's okay too. Cause then I know they're probably not fun and we're probably not going to hang out, you know, but, um, it is true that eye contact, being able to share, being able to be vulnerable mm-hmm. um, and come from a place of, you know, this is my story. And I mm-hmm. think the more people that are able to like work with you and do the things where they're able to express their story, um, the better, the better everything is like the, the more confident they become, mm-hmm. the sure. more connected they become. I was um speaking with somebody last month and they were saying you know since covid and i'm in a new place yeah. i'm having a hard time like you know connecting with people I, I haven't been going out the way i used to prior to covid and so there is this you know like a bit of intimidation to come mm-hmm. back out and especially if you're new to an area new to a city or right. like us moving across the country um, you know, but, uh, yeah. So kudos again, because that's phenomenal. I think um, that that's one of the, yeah. the elevator thing was one of my practices that I did as I was trying wow. to become more confident 
it was okay. If I get in an elevator, I have to say hello and talk to somebody, whether they want to talk or not. I just have to be the first to break the ice. And, um, you know, after you do it a, a while and, and if somebody smiles after it or you get, yeah. I, sometimes I've gotten to be like, oh, I hate that you're getting off now because we haven't right. agreed. Exactly. Like, can I have your number? Yes. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. I, uh, I always acknowledge. So having gone to college in Manhattan and working in Manhattan in these super, you know, multiple floor uh, offices, I always, my husband's like, who are you talking to? But I always enter an elevator or if, or anything, a lobby. Hi, my husband's like, do you know them? No, but I will in a few minutes, you know, (laughs) give me a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Give me a, give me about 60 seconds and I'll tell you their life story, you know, but, um, I feel like people need to be seen and people should be acknowledged that there is another human being in front of me. Like, why wouldn't I say hello? Exactly. I mean, I, I say hello to the dogs that come up to me too, you know, but, um, the lizards, not the lizards and snakes, not so much. I'm usually running in the opposite direction. <laughs> but, I, but I feel like when we um, walk this earth and acknowledge that there is another like exquisite human being mm-hmm. standing in front of us, whether it be a, a baby in a stroller or, you know, uh, someone who was your grandfather's age, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, just it it doesn't matter who they are, what they look like, um, what gender they are. It's just a matter of like, I acknowledge you. I see you. I'm going to yeah. say hello. Good morning. You know, oh, you look like I love saying to kids, are you doing something fun today? Because then they're like, yes, I am with my dad doing, you know, especially the little girls who are dressed up in their like princess costumes. You're like, yeah. oh, you're doing oh. something special, you know, and mom's like, yeah, we're going to the gas station. OK, but she's ready for an event. Yeah. You know? like, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. Um, yeah. And I think so. Let's talk about. um we, I had mentioned, uh, like your wellness business. And yeah. I think it does go hand in hand because it like does. a little girl dressed in her princess costume to go to Costco or wherever she's going, you know, I think that it's important for me. I know I don't want to pass a mirror or a reflection in the window and scare myself, you know, exactly. like I, I like to wake up and get dressed like I'm I'm being asked out to lunch, you know, exactly. um, whether I'm going out somewhere or not, you know, like I've had somebody say, are you, do you have appointments outside of the house today? No. Do you have a podcast interview? No, I'm just working at my desk. Yes. But in case somebody does invite me, I am. You're I'm ready. ready to That's go, exactly you know? for me too. Yeah, exactly <laughs> for me. And it's, it's very true. You know, what I found whenever I started the anti-aging business journey was I was avoiding cameras. I was avoiding Mm. the mirrors and Mm. I just wasn't happy with the way that I was looking and I wasn't Mm. trying to look 20. No, I, (laughs) I, I, I wasn't, you know, trying to, uh, pick up any young guys, you know, I'm happily married, but I just wanted to feel comfortable that I was taking care uh, to me, yeah. your, your body and your face and hair are, are all, um, showing respect for yourself, you know? Yes. And, and if you just 
let yourself go, if mm-hmm. you if you just don't care anymore, then mm-hmm. what else don't you care about? Exactly. And so I in this business where you have to be online. You mm-hmm. have to you have to be comfortable with doing a video. And you know, I have these two grand boys. Am I not gonna go on video with my great mm-hmm. little boys here because I don't look good? It's like no, you know, and that goes back, back to the vulnerability. There are there are some great pictures of me making a fool of myself, but you know, it's me. And and right. so, the anti aging wellness business looks at it from your inside out, which I think is tremendous. For years mm-hmm. and years and years, you know, everything was apply this, and you have a a, a little bit of a band aid of taking care of your your wrinkles or your whatever sagginess. Mm-hmm. And, oh, but not looking at the science of it where you really need to have gut health. Yes. You really need to put back collagen. You mm-hmm. really need to be able to have your mind, your, your brain focusing well. Mm-hmm. And, and also we have a product called youth factor that helps everything that you put in nutrition wise. It's like a magnet for them to, regenerate and help your cells. Mm -hmm. And so all of that makes you look, feel and live better. And, and so I'm 65 and I want to chase after kiddos and I want to be able to do long walks and go places Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. not have, thank God, knock on wood. I don't have anything replaced yet. (laughs) Like me. (laughs) Yeah. No, my husband's got, you know, two knees, a a hip and two shoulders. And, and that's, you know, he lived a fun life as he was young. Maybe I had a boring (laughs) life, but I know that as we get older, those things are more fragile. And so I want to make sure that I take care of the inside out. Yeah. And, um, and I want to do, I want to do it in a healthy, holistic way. And mm-hmm. so Neora does that. And, you know, I love whenever I have somebody that uses a product for, usually I tell you about three months mm-hmm. and they do their before and after. And it's amazing. And the company stands by the before and afters so much so that every quarter, <clears throat> Every quarter they give three prizes, um, 500, 1,000 and 1,500 or something like that, you know, I, mm-hmm. of, of before and afters because yeah. the results show the difference. Exactly. And, you know, so um, again, I'm happy to say that I've been doing this now for six years or so and I feel great and um, my skin, I think, looks good. <laughs> For my age. Yeah. And, you know, each time, everything that we do, all of these products, it's not a use it today, it will be okay for a couple hours, and then all of a sudden it'll come back. <laughs> it's right. like every year, less and less of those things are there anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's right. like uh, my vitamin C, I had sunspots on the side, you know, that we mm-hmm. get from where sunglasses mm-hmm. go, and they're gone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a turkey neck coming and I wasn't happy about that. And the firm that we have is like spandex for um, your skin and Mm -hmm. gone. And so it, but it's like anything, it's just like public speaking. You have to use it. Yeah. You have to practice. And um, the more you use it, the better you get. And that's, 
So again, the anti-aging wellness is just to take away another excuse for you to be the best person you can be. Yes. And that's what exquisitely aligned is all about. And I think that sometimes we as women um, or anyone who's nurturing mm-hmm. want to take care of so many other people that sometimes we forget about ourselves. And when we go down that path, then there could be times where we don't want to look in the mirror because we don't recognize who we are. We've oh, disconnected. Yeah. We've given up parts of ourselves to let others, someone else shine, whether it be a spouse, our children, or all of the above, you know, um, or our bosses in the office, what, whatever that may be. And I think it's very, very important, like you said, the from the inside out, um, yeah. You know, with food, with mm-hmm. what you're using on your skin, with your mindset, mm-hmm. uh, very much. That's why I love offering meditation still, yeah. because I think it all it all plays together. How are we nourishing ourselves each and every day so that we can use our voice and that we can show up as the bright light that you are and shining, uh, you know, shining unapologetically so that others can do the same because we are vulnerable. And like you said, it's very important to get the message across that it's not that everybody has to enjoy what we say or have an aha. I mean, that would be lovely. That would be like my dream come true that I say something and everybody who hears it has an aha. Um, And there is more than five people in the room, you know, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, you know, at least if if we're able to appear and and yeah. give a voice and share stories and be vulnerable and um, what's the right word? Get over fears. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that for a little bit, because I'm guessing there was a little bit of fear or oh, maybe sure. intimidation um, for you. Fear may not be the right word, but. Um, to do the speaking that you do and so Absolutely. forth. So, I, I mean, when I, in 1998, when I started this journey, I did not anticipate that I would ever be a speaker. <laughs> I just was doing it so that I could get through my, to my folks that I was training and working with and, and having to do those difficult conversations at review times mm. and things like that. And then as I became a parent, you know, being able to better communicate with my kids. But one of the things, and and it is fear of rejection. It's Mm -hmm. fear of not acceptance. It's fear of failure. Mm -hmm. And, and we were taught that you um, had to be perfect in everything you did. I think exactly. One of the things, I mean, I went to modeling school for, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how many months I did that, but it wasn't because I thought I was going to be a great model. I did it so I'd stop walking into things. (laughs) (laughs) I was a total klutz, you know, and I thought, Vicki, we have a lot in common. (laughs) I used to say it's from stopping walking into fridge refrigerators. But anyway, and in that, it was a constant that doesn't look right. The Mm. hair is not right. Your nose isn't right. This Mm. is, you know, and, and it was that constant telling you that you weren't perfect, but Mm. 
on the other side of it was, but somebody will resonate with your look, mm-hmm. with your yeah. nose, with yeah, your yeah, hair. Yeah. yeah. And so that even though it was breaking me down a lot, um, it did give you some confidence. Mm-hmm. And then I, I just thought, well, I have not yet died <laughs> from any of these adventures that I've gone on. <laughs> so, and I purposely pushed myself to do things that I just never would have thought. I mean, mm-hmm. I injured Mrs. Georgia when I had one child and, um, and as it were, that was around the time that I lost the second uh, oh, child, wow. but um, had right after that, the third. Um, but the, I, I, when I entered that, I had no ideas that I was going to win that contest. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to show my little kid, my two-year-old, yeah. going to be three-year-old daughter, mm-hmm. that you can do things that are yeah. outside of your comfort zone. You don't stop just because you're a mom. Right. You don't stop being confident and mm-hmm. loving yourself. Right. And so it was one of the best experiences I ever had. Unlike mm-hmm. modeling, the all of these women ages 25 or 20 through 40. Oh gosh. I think the oldest one that won the bathing suit contest was like 60. And, but they were all supportive. And that's where, what I do today is Mm -hmm. that's my goal is I want to be supportive. I want to raise up. I want to acknowledge and cheer on the women of the world to be able to say, I'm going to try this. And if I mess up, that's a lesson that I learned. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, um, I share the story often, so I'll make it quick. But a friend of mine, um, I think it was great, great grandmother wanted different chalk for the chalkboard because the chalk was dusty and leaving residue everywhere and chalk dust. And our husband was in the petroleum business. So she asked him, see what you can make for me that I can write on the board and erase. Well, he came with the product, but it was a mistake. He couldn't get it off the chalkboard. It's the Crayola crayon. (laughs) So I always tell my children, because they know her, the the descendant of that family, Mm -hmm. that you know, what we think is a mistake or a mess up or, a you know, right. like even if you're in front of the microphone, nobody knows what you had planned. Exactly. Right. Exactly. My husband and I had a choreographed first dance for our wedding. And he was so nervous that between the, the ceremony, between the church and the reception, we went to the reception site and did the dance with our teacher. And he was like, one, two, three, one, two. It was a waltz. And I was like, Mark, just loosen up, have fun. Like we're in our, I'm in my gown, he's in his tux. Like this is going to be so much fun. Nobody knows that like very few people knew we had some lessons. So that my whole family doesn't know that this is going on. You know, uh-huh. nobody. So just a couple of friends. Well, anyway, you know, I said to him, if you mess up, nobody knows but the instructor what we're and her husband because he was there yeah. often filming us so we could see but 
you know, I was like, nobody will know. I'll just follow your lead and we'll figure it out. And, you know, like if we bring the end to the beginning and the beginning goes at the end, who cares? As 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 long as we keep the beat. And I think that we have to have some um, solace maybe the word in the fact that nobody knows what we're presenting exactly. or the majority of the people don't know what we had planned. Mm-hmm. And I also do believe that there's this energy, you know, our creator, God, the universe, whatever you want to, whatever is the right word for, you know, those listening that is protecting us, keeping us safe. So whatever is said was meant to be said or shared at that time. And even if it comes out differently than what you had imagined or planned or practiced, maybe the way you did it now is even better. Like Mm -hmm. always remember that sometimes what we set out to do, like chalk for this chalkboard can be a product that is through Mm -hmm. generations providing wealth and fun around the world, you know, like Crayola is, and it's not just a crayon anymore. Right. So I always tell my kids, it's not a mistake. It's just something other than what you had thought you were going to achieve, you know, as speakers, we have to remember to, I I hate memorized talks (laughs) and speeches, but it's important to remember that any, you need to know who your audience is. And I love to go out in advance of it and just chat with some people, you know, Mm -hmm. since we already discussed, I could find out all kinds of stuff about you. (laughs) And and there's sometimes that you see that what the audience needs to hear was not what you had planned to say, but you have to be strong, strong enough and confident enough and and, um, to be what they need to hear. And right. say what they need to hear, mm-hmm. and and if you know your stuff well enough, it, yeah, you don't you don't need anything more than bullet points about what you're going to talk about. Exactly. As you saw today, I mean, we have had stories rolling up <laughs> that neither <laughs> one of us had planned for. Planned, right. Until it was relevant. It was yes. what people maybe needed to hear. Exactly. And so I think that's what speakers need to do uh, and mm-hmm. understand. That's why. I, I bought the URL. It's just a conversation because yeah, it's, exactly. It, it, if it's a, it's the natural evolution of speech. If you just mm-hmm. have a conversation, mm-hmm. and I agree with you, and I love. I think I told you that that day, or maybe I did forgot to. But it is just a conversation, and it's just getting. Even I feel like negotiating things. It's just a conversation. I tell my husband all the time. He's not really fond of negotiating and we have something going on, uh, something valuable that uh, we don't use that um, he is ready to sell because we have had it for a while and still don't use it. And, uh, you know, and I said to him, it's just, you're just communicating and feeling each other out, you know, but he gets like a little twitch, you know, but (laughs) all of life is just a conversation. And sometimes the conversation is in our head. You Mm -hmm. know, what are we hearing? Are we hearing positive thoughts or are we hearing negative? Oh, Gina, that doesn't, you know, you pass the mirror. Oh, you know, you said turkey neck, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you know, or this or that, whatever it might be. Um, But like finding a way to have a better conversation in our head so that we can have the conversation out loud so that we can appear the way we want to. Like you said, looking at our best self at whatever age it is, not Mm -hmm. trying to be something we're not. 
because I, I now know you well enough. We met briefly one other time, but I got a, a sense right away that, you know, you're not going to be trying to look like you're 16, you know, um, because I don't think you'd feel comfortable. And I know you wouldn't feel comfortable and it wouldn't be fun. Right. When we're not, no, it's, it's not fun. But um, there was one other thought I was going to say, um, but okay. It popped out of my head, but I like to, um, it, I love everything we spoke about today. You are my sunshine after yeah. a whole month of May of no sunshine. Oh. So I'm so excited to be with you today. Um, wow. I would That's love funny. to. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'd love to pull a card from the opening to possibilities. These are Excellent. conversation starters that I designed. Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. So I'll do it while I shuffle. Um, years ago, when I started stretching people's uh, um, personal boundaries on the yoga mat and then on yeah. the paddleboard with paddleboard yoga, I would go in with a plan of what I was going to teach that day, what I was going to share, what my thought for the day was, what the poses would be. You know, I was prepared. And what I found every time was who I thought would be in the room that day wasn't always there. Oh. Sometimes. And so I had to, on the fly, quickly, like you're talking pivot. about, <laughs> pivot, be flexible as the instructor. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness I am flexible. Um, sometimes too bendy, and that's why my joints gave away. But anyway, um, to like be able to change up what mm -hmm. I thought would be because maybe it was too hard. Or maybe it was too easy, too gentle for who appeared in the room. And I think that we have to do like you suggested um, all the time, you know, like check in. Whether it's our and I, I think we are 23 years. Yeah, this year will be 24 um, in October, but you know, in our marriage, you come with like, yeah. I have this great idea. And then all of a sudden you see they're looking like, I am so tired. We haven't had sunshine. You're like, oh, okay. So we're not going to be, <laughs> we're going to be like playing, <laughs> playing low instead of what I had planned, you know, or yeah. with a child, like we talked about, like, I need five minutes to finish what I'm doing. You're more than welcome exactly. to sit in my lovely chair or come back in five minutes and, you know, mm -hmm. I'll set a timer or you set your own timer. But um, so I'm going to shuffle through. I'll do one more quick thing. And then you just tell me when to stop. I'll read the word and show you the image and then give you the statement. So ready? Go. Okay. Whenever you're ready. Stop. Okay. Breathing. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. perfect. <laughs> it's it, it, it's been a lot of fun because when I design these cards, I always um, put energy in them to always be the right one for whoever needed it. And at the time, I didn't have a podcast, so this was not in what I had in mind, but breathing. And this goes beautifully with everything we've spoken about. Long, slow breathing brings clarity to your mind. So three questions. Um, Vicki, you can answer one, two, or all three. You decide. How often do you breathe mindfully? How do you allow your breath to bring clarity to your mind? What happens when you're not breathing with awareness? So for the first one, um, yeah. I breathe. I start my day doing breathing. And I think um, it is just 
to force me into the quiet space that I need just before I do my prayers and, and mm-hmm. meditate. The uh, second one was what again? How do you allow your breath to bring clarity to your uh, mind? Okay. Well, so as I mentioned uh, in the morning, I do, but for me, a lot of what I have done in my careers as well mm-hmm. as, now in building my business is I have to do problem solving. It's the puzzle mm-hmm. of life that I have to figure out. <laughs> and I find that to get my head in the right space, yes. I just have to do those cleansing breaths, mm-hmm. you know, the four at least cleansing breaths. And it's amazing how it just kind of slows your heart down and lets yes. the blood flow where it needs to flow so that you can actually be more creative and innovative. Mm -hmm. I love Uh, it. But there are times, especially Mm -hmm. when you're in a a difficult situation or conversation Mm -hmm. where you might want to, your breath is kind of being uh, sucked out of you. (laughs) (laughs) And and you might want to say something or do something. And I think those are the times where, taking a breath is so helpful. I, as part of the steps to prepare to speak, I do recommend the the breathing, but in a situation, say something went wrong on stage and you, Mm -hmm. or you forgot something, um, your breathing will speed up and all those things. And so you have to really be aware and take that breath, whether it's audible or not. Right. but be able to um, realize that you need to get back to center. Mm -hmm. It's very grounding, you Mm -hmm. know, giving yourself that space. And what I often tell people is most people are not even going to notice that you took a nice full inhale, you know, even with a mic on, they're just thinking, okay, she's got, you know, coming to her thought or finishing a thought or preparing for the next and leaving that, um, I think back to my Zumba teaching days is there was a song called uh, pause. And it was about the fact that the excitement is really in the pause. So if you're saying, and I can't remember the the words to the song, I'd have to look it up, Mm -hmm. but it was just such a, well, the choreo was fun to it as well, but um, it's true, right? It's in that yeah. moment of silence that often is the aha or the, mm-hmm. the connecting that we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. when you were talking about helping the kids, you know, um, now I forgot the right word, but the intonation, I think you were saying. Yeah, the and, yeah so... Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a last question. If you want to answer it, what happens when you're not breathing with awareness? I think we just actually answered that. We did answer that. (laughs) But it was funny, just as you were talking about the pause, one of the, the tips that I have in my, um, for my app is in my journal was talking about power of the pause. And I teach this all the time. And whenever I'm evaluated, I often will get comments about the fact that I use the pause so well but the pause is so, so much of a powerful tool. It, mm-hmm. it does allow you to breathe, but it really mm-hmm. allows the audience to catch up to what you're saying, to mm-hmm. absorb what you're saying. And for you, sometimes that pause is really the ability for you to think, as we said, 
you can see in the audience how someone is mm-hmm. reacting to what you just said. And that pause can give you a moment to think of what they need to hear next. Right. And yeah. uh, so, and people are uncomfortable at the beginning with the silence, but, <laughs> but it really, for me, it's, it, it's second nature to use mm-hmm. the pause. And that's what I hope for the people that I coach. Yeah. And I also think it's uh, important when I'm working with uh, clients that I mentor, it's that, you know, we have to build pauses into our life as well, you know, to breathe, to have room for if somebody invites you to something that you can pick up and go, that you're not over scheduled, that you're, Mm -hmm. you know, racing in the car, driving in an unsafe manner, weaving in and out of traffic because you overbooked yourself Mm -hmm. and not leaving extra time to have a conversation in the elevator or get off. I've done that. Oh, you're getting off. Hold on. Let's I'll come with you for the, to finish the conversation and then I'll get back on, you know, um, to get back to the floor that I needed to go to Mm -hmm. um, just because you, you allow (laughs) that break to connect with other people. Right. I'm I'm guessing you may have done the same thing. (laughs) This is just so much fun. We should actually skip work and go have breakfast. You know, I've thought that too. Um, Never did it, but um, have thought that. But I think it's important though, that parents think about what we're just talking about because especially this time of year, summer, Mm -hmm. and the parents think I have to schedule every minute of my time in the summer. And we, in doing that, we're not teaching them that it's okay to have nothing to do. Exactly. That they can be able to understand how to use quiet Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm. to read a book and not be like, Oh God, I can't read a book because there's 50 other things I need to do. (laughs) Um, I always tell people that, I love to hang with my grandsons and just like, look at the clouds. Yes. You know? Lay, I mean, I love throwing out a towel and like, yeah. you know, yeah. like, Oh, look at that formation. You know, sometimes we're at the beach and it's like, Oh, Mark, they're really getting interesting. They're crossing each other now. Yeah. You know, like, look at this, but it's, it's so important. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, summertime, anytime. I think that oftentimes everybody schedules everything out so rigidly is the word that's coming but that's not what i was picturing but i'll use it because it came to me but um you know having now i'm not right there's always two extremes right so you're not asking somebody to be lazy yes and not do anything in a day but to leave freedom in a schedule i um, my kids did not go to daycare, so they were with me all the time. And um, I liked them just doing pretend play. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, like just be creative. They mm-hmm. actually had a restaurant. My father made them a podium, which we still have for the front of their restaurant. They had empty wine bottles, which one of my friends thought was awful that I gave them a wine bottle. I was like, you do realize it's empty and I'm not promoting drinking all too much wine, but it's like, you know, like, and then they found, they made themselves menus. My my son went online and got himself a free, uh, point of sale, a POS for a restaurant, like a trial. I was like, oh my God, how much did you pay for this? No, I got it for free, mom. (laughs) But you know, like, so it was interesting to see what they could 
Yeah. You're out. Um, mm-hmm. I bought them uh, melamine. Is that how you say it? The plastic plates and so oh, yeah, yes. expensive silverware so they could have. Then they started collecting containers like, you know, uh, they had stuff for the kitchen, you know, yeah. like a sour cream container, <laughs> uh, you know, a milk container. You know, it was very funny. But um, I always think it's nice to even as adults plan some time that maybe, you know, maybe you're in town, Vicky, and you call me and say, hey, we're at the beach. Come meet us, you know, <laughs> like um, because or you see the weather is so lovely, we hope. But um <laughs> And you're like, hey, hon, let's go for a walk. Like we yeah. have this free time, but it, it's so important that pause. It's so important the mm-hmm. voice. It's so important being authentic. And so, um, Vicky, you were so delightful. <laughs> I'm so glad so we fun. met. And that that's the other thing I should say is podcasting or speaking or telling your story if it's about a miscarriage to a mom's group, uh, no matter what it is, no matter what your age, no matter your gender, um, all of these things help you feel more alive and um, connect you with so many other like fascinating people that I feel like you make these connections for life. And so whatever is on your, um, you know, maybe rolling around in the back of your head, like, yeah, I wish I could do what Vicky's doing or what Gina's doing. I feel like try it. And like we said, be vulnerable and know that there are never any mistakes. It's just mm-hmm. something other than what you had planned. And who knows? Maybe the next Crayola crayon. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but let us find out. You know, do let us know. So, Vicki, all of your contact information is going to be beneath. But if you want to give a, a, a couple like your website, so forth, and if you have something to offer today, I'd like to give you time. So we... Um always ask you to go to my website, which has my podcast and um, different courses that I have. So it's www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. And so for those that are listening in, I actually have a three day, just two hours a day in July, a course called Polish Your Delivery. I took my six week course and in the summer I thought, well, you know, we, don't really have six weeks to be, be able to share, but maybe you could choose three days in July to yeah. polish your delivery. So I have that. And if you um, message me at vnethling at gmail.com, first initial last name at gmail.com and say, I want to go to your polish your delivery course on July 14, 15 and 16, I will send you a link and a code to get it for free. Woo! Wonderful. Well, thank you for your generous offer. And I love the title. And I think that when we do polish different things about ourselves, you know, even our skin with our, you know, exfoliants and so forth, it helps us do everything that we've spoken about. And I'm going to just mention uh, again, Purpose, Possibilities and Prosecco, a two hour private transformation has been doing so well that I want to uh 
open it up to each of you. And um, it combines face reading for your life's purpose with mentoring all in two hours to give you that boost that you may be desiring or wanting, not only for your career, but also in your life. And with that, Vicki, thank you again. You're, you're a true <laughs> delight. You have been my sunshine today. <laughs> we have so many things in common. It makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, I was called the klutz when I was a child. I always had black and blues. You know, I didn't yeah. need eyeglasses until I was an adult. So it was just me bumping <laughs> into things. Maybe my head was in the clouds. I don't know. But um, yeah. I don't I, know. Are you? I can't tell from your sitting, but I'm five yeah. nine and a. Well, no, I'm only five six. So. Oh. Well, for mine, I th I thought it was just I grew up too fast and long legs. Uh. Yes, yes. Well, I was always one of the taller of the the kids at, at a certain point, but then of course everyone, you know, kind of outgrew me, but uh, I don't know what it was. I, I, I guess I wasn't looking where I was going. I was, I was, having on your mind. I was checking out something else and, you know, I still do that. But um, anyway, so till next time, be exquisite.